Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Hippie Podcast. Well, I had no sleep last night, and I just figured I might as well come and talk to you guys. So I uh, don't want to say I got up early. I was up at one o'clock for some strange reason, wide awake, and um, had an idea of something that I wanted to share. Something that happened fairly recently, actually, that I'm still kind of um, unpacking a little bit for myself. And I think that a lot of you maybe can resonate or maybe you're farther ahead than I am in this particular department. I want to talk about a shift in my perspective when it comes to fitness and beauty. So for a long time now, um, how many years, maybe, I don't know, close to seven years, I have sort of, sort of rejected beauty standards. Um, I've been moving away over the last seven years from wearing makeup. So, um, you know, growing up all throughout my 20s, and I'll be 36 um, in May next month. So yeah, like pretty much all of my 30s, I have been going in a completely different direction than in my 20s. In my 20s, I would have to say that there is a level of vanity that I subscribe to. Um, I was really concerned about the way that I looked. I I mean, even ask like friends of mine, not that you know my friends, and you're going to ask them, um, but people that I grew up with that I went to high school with. And like they would watch me full throw full-blown temper tantrums when my hair didn't style the way that I wanted it to style like and I just wouldn't want to go out that night like I was so neurotic and I don't know who I want to blame for that I mean it was kind of a thing growing up in my household but also um, I remember my mom used to tell me because I cared a lot like when I went to high school I would spend like two hours getting ready for school in the morning. I always did my hair like to the nines, either like a fancy updo, like I was going to a wedding or something, um, or I would whatever, curl it or crimp it or whatever was in style at the time, flat iron it with an actual iron and all the makeup and all the plucking and all the things. And um, my mom would always recite this Bible verse to me. She didn't like my like white eyeliner. I think that was like the trend at the time. Everybody was doing it, like shiny white or shiny blue. And she would tell me this quote from the Bible. I cannot remember where it's from, but it says, a beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a fine gold ring in the snout of a pig. So basically she was telling me that I looked trashy and she didn't like the way that I dressed and she didn't like the way that I did my makeup and all of these things. However, appearance is really important to her as well. She just didn't like the way that I was doing it, the trends at the time, I suppose. So anyways, this has always been a thing that, that I really cared about. And um, I don't really know why I changed. Maybe I think, you know, part of it has to do with going to um, study holistic nutrition and learning about all of the toxins that are in our makeup product, in our conventional beauty products, in our conventional hair products. And so the journey was pretty slow transitioning to more clean, natural products, clean deodorants, clean um, body washes and soaps and makeups and you know, trying not to style my hair with the same products and all these things. And I kind of went from wearing 
I don't even feel like I wore a lot of makeup, like just the normal amounts, a little bit of concealer, um, maybe some like bronzer and mascara and eyeliner. I, I wouldn't always do my eyeshadow, maybe like on a night out or something, but I started to dial back into like more neutral tones. So that was like my first attempt at kind of like going a little bit more minimal that the tones that I was using, my, my lip chaps and um, lip stains were more of like a neutral color, more nudes and bronzers and things that like just gave you a little bit more enhanced but natural look. And I don't really remember why I decided to stop wearing makeup altogether. Um, but it happened probably closer to four or five years ago. And around the same time, maybe even a couple of years before that, I stopped working out as well. I used to be super concerned about body image, um, you know, beauty standards, fitness, all of these things. And my husband used to train me at the gym. He was an ex-soccer player, so he would kind of put me through. And he used to work out with a personal trainer, so he would kind of put me through certain workouts. And we'd always get in these fights because I don't like working out. Um, and when you're working out with, like, someone that's close to you, and, like, you would never talk to, like, a trainer the way that you talk to your husband or somebody that's close to you, right? And so I remember one day I was like moaning about whatever he was making me do. And he just looked at me. He was so fed up. And he's like, why do you come? You hate this. Why do you come? And I was like, yeah, I do. I do hate this. You're right. I hate this. Okay. I just won't come. I'll just be a person that just does yoga. And I'll just do more yoga in order to get the level of fitness and the body image that I was chasing. And so this was kind of like the mindset, right? And it's interesting because life just has a way of giving you a dose of medicine. And I got to the point when just before I was diagnosed with my autoimmune disease and I had adrenal burnout and um, depression was like really, really debilitating at the time, I had to stop teaching yoga. I would work myself into like a full-blown panic attack before I taught my classes because I didn't have the energy. Um, and it would, like, I felt sick. It would make me cry. I was hyperventilating. And then I'm trying to, like, gather myself enough to go and teach a yoga class. So um, my style of teaching started to change around that time. Um, one of the people, I used to teach, like, hardcore fitness style yoga, boot camp hot yoga. <clears throat> and one of my regular clients was like, you've gotten soft. Your, your classes aren't as hard as they used to be. And I was like, oh, really? Like, oh, interesting. That makes sense. Um, and I started to teach more restorative styles of yoga. And then I had to quit altogether because I just didn't have enough to give at the time. So I pulled myself out of teaching and I started practicing really gentle forms of movement because it's all that I could do. And I hated every minute of it because it wasn't that extreme level of fitness that I had always been chasing. And, um, you know, it's funny because at the time I never really moved my body for me. I moved my body so that it looked a certain way, so that it fit into certain clothing, um, but it wasn't actually for me. And it's not that I didn't love yoga. I've always loved yoga, but like there's an element of like, you have to work hard for this body, you know? And so anyways, I stopped. I stopped doing all of that. And it's so weird to me. I don't know why. I guess life just happened. And then we moved and, you know, moving out to Ireland. I didn't know anybody. The studios were different there. I was changing quite a bit there. And it's not until we moved to Ireland that I decided to stop wearing makeup altogether. 
um, I would maybe put on like um, eyeliner, mascara, and bronzer for like a wedding or a funeral, but that would be it. And it's weird because in Ireland and in the UK, the girls are like gorgeous. They dress up to the nines. Like you don't even go to the grocery store in yoga pants over there. Like maybe some people do, but like most of the time they're dressed up really, really nicely. They're always put together. And so it was a really strange time for me to do this. And I didn't realize until fairly recently that um, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. I think for a time it did. For a time it served me because I was pulling way too much self-worth from what I looked like. It could ruin my whole day if my appearance didn't look good. I would literally be acutely aware of how I looked going into different stores. And so during this period of stopping wearing makeup, I mean, I even stopped looking in the mirror because I just didn't even want to see. I needed like a buffer. And um, I remember one time I caught my reflection. I was walking past a mirror and I was like, oh yeah, that's what I look like, weird. Because it took me a while to adjust to myself without makeup. It took me probably close to a full year to actually look in the mirror without makeup and be like, you know what? I'm not horrible. Right. We all, I think as women specifically, but men too, have this like body image complex and it comes from these toxic ideals that are set by society. And so it took me so much time to kind of just like accept myself. This is my face. My face looks like this. Cool. Yeah. I have a little bit of dark hair on my upper lip. I am Italian. I have dark hair on my head. Of course I have dark hair on my upper lip. Like, okay, it is what it is. Um, and I remember, and I don't know if I told this story on here, I would be surprised if I didn't, but I'm going to repeat myself if I did. There was a time a couple of years back now where I went over to uh, my mom's because I had just got this, um, I had just got this placement, I guess, an office within a chiropractic office where I was going to set up my nutrition clinic. And I was all excited. I had decorated it. She wanted to see the pictures. I was in the area, so I came by. And she was working away on her computer and, um, you know, she'd always do that. She want you to stop by, but she doesn't really have time to talk to you. And she kind of peered up at me over her glasses and smirked. And she's like, you know, what is it? Like, is it, is it just not holistic enough for you to wax your upper lip? Because I know that you could have it threaded. Like maybe that would be holistic enough for you. Um, I know a girl if you want her number. And I was like, Okay, old me, this would have ruined my entire day, my entire week, my entire month, maybe my entire life. Um, new me reports back. You know what, mom? I'm trying this thing called self-love and I deliberately stopped wearing makeup and stopped obsessing over my appearance so that I could learn how to love myself as I am. It has nothing to do with thinking that I'm self-righteous in my holistic lifestyle. It has everything to do with kind of combating these toxic ideals that are set out by men. I encourage you to try it sometime. And I left. And um, I'm not going to lie. I went home and I plucked, I think, three or four of the darker hairs on my upper lip because that was my, well, I'm not going to get it waxed or threaded, but I do see a few of them that are sticking out that I could maybe pluck. Um, you know, and this is like, this is our society. This is what it is. Now, this doesn't mean that if you wax your upper lip, you're not spiritual. That's not what I'm saying. But for me in this time period, it was really important for me to pull back. <clears throat> 
So I've sort of just become a bit of a scrub over the last little while. And not wearing makeup, hardly ever shopping for clothes or anything like that. I go thrifting, which I still love and I, I will always do. Um, but never really getting my hair cut, never really caring. Like my hair would either be long and straggly or up in a, in a bun. I, I threw away, I don't I think I bought a, a travel brush and that's what I've been using for the last year and, and or last few years. And that's like, after not having a hairbrush for several years now, I do have very straight, um, shiny, sleek hair. So it doesn't really tangle as much until it started to get really, really long. And now I deal with a lot of like little dreads that try to form underneath. But anyways, just like kind of denied self-care in that way. And, um, you know, my husband always calls me his dirty little hippie. Like he doesn't care. He thinks I'm beautiful no matter what. He prefers me with less makeup. And that's a wonderful thing. Um, it took me a long time to prefer myself that way. And that's really what this whole journey was all about. So recently, um, I hosted this, well, I didn't host it. I bartended a birthday party for, um, a f for a local entrepreneur who has a hair salon in town. And um, there was a lot of other really awesome entrepreneurial type individuals and people who I really admire and look up to in the area that were there. And it was so interesting because one of the girls who I have so much respect for and she had a few drinks. And so, you know, when you have been drinking and you're a little bit, um, you're gushing a little bit. And she was like, just like telling me how much she loves me and she just wants to be around me. And um, she says she's super intimidated by my lifestyle. And I was like, huh, that's so weird. Why? Like, you know, and the, the presumption is that like, oh, I'm super healthy and I don't drink and like. I have all of these values, like, so how can she connect with me because she likes doing all those things? And it sort of like struck me in a way that I was like, wait a second, that's interesting. So you don't feel like you can connect with me because my lifestyle is too unattainable. Like, huh, that's so not even the case. I've had all of these strict rules and boundaries really so I could learn how to love myself. And so I started to like, just kind of ponder that a little bit. And I thought, you know what? like. Am I not at the stage now where I love myself enough to get a haircut? <laughs> it sounds silly, maybe. And maybe if you're farther along than me in this journey, then, you know, you've, you've learned this already. But it took me so long to sort of give myself permission, like, okay, take out the makeup, take out the toxic standards of beauty, learn how to love yourself, but it's okay to come full circle. So after this encounter, I actually booked a, um, a haircut at a, the local salon, the same girl that was here for her birthday party. Um, and I got my hair cut and she did such a good job. And it just kind of made me like think, like I don't have to hold myself to these crazy standards anymore because I don't hate myself anymore. It took me a long time to get here where I feel content. I don't think I'm the most beautiful. I don't think that I'm the greatest, but I'm okay. And I don't care as much about the physical body as I used to. I see it as this beautiful temple that we use to experience life. And it is perfectly imperfect. And it's not supposed to be like Photoshop perfect looking all the time or ever. 
And so I'm at this stage where I'm like, oh, I can reevaluate. I can still stand in my values and get my hair cut. And I can still stand in my values and maybe go out for a glass of wine with the girls every once in a while because I don't need to be this rigid about my lifestyle. Um, recently, I actually started lifting weights again in a group fitness setting with um, another local entrepreneur who comes to my yoga studio. And so we've kind of, um, you know, supported each other's businesses in that way. And it's been like seven years since I've lifted weights, maybe more. And I forgot how much I like doing it. And I don't know if I ever liked it before because I was doing it before as a way to punish my body. Every form of movement was like, what did you eat last night? How many calories are you burning? Like, what was the point of this workout if you didn't burn that many calories? Has your body changed yet? If not, like nothing you're doing is working. Try something else. Work harder, work faster. And um, every, every form of movement was kind of like in self-loathing to look a certain way to change the body. When I pulled back from all of that, I let myself gain a little bit of weight, I let myself stop wearing makeup, stop doing my hair, and I let myself just relax into my skin a little bit. And it wasn't until I relaxed into my skin that my body started to regulate itself, started to shift into its like normal resting weight, which it's never done before until, you know, maybe a couple years ago now. And I stopped moving my body out of punishment and I started moving my body out of self-love, out of celebration of the fact that I live in an able body and I can move in these ways. And it's really changed everything, but I haven't revisited a lot of those things that I used to do. So it's been a very interesting experience for me since I've started lifting weights again and working out. And I'll tell you, like the first workout that I did, I thought I was going to throw up, like it killed me. Um, my fitness level is, is not where it was, mostly cardio. I'm actually a lot stronger than I was expecting. Um, and, and that's why I think I'm loving lifting the weights because I'm a little bit stronger. I'm a little bit more like, for me, it's more like I want to feel empowered. I want to feel accomplished. I like doing really hard yoga poses. So if I build more strength, I'll have more strength to play in my body with those poses just for fun. It's just what I like to do for fun, right? It's not for everybody. And it's such a different way to revisit a lot of these things that were very toxic for me at one time. And so I'm feeling pretty inspired to share this because I think that a lot of us kind of go through similar things, especially with body image. And, you know, it's, it was healthy for me to take a break, but I also think I might've developed a little bit of self-righteousness about my like strict, like no makeup, um, you know, and I'm, I am a tomboy, like, let's be honest, I'm not a girly girl like a lot of my friends are. I am a tomboy. Um, I like to be barefoot. I get everything I own dirty and stained. I just do. Um, and that's probably how I'll always be. I'm messy Jesse, like through and through. But it's been such a remarkable journey to come full circle, to give myself permission. Like I might go get a facial next week. Like who knows? Um, it's, it's, very, it's very important to take care of yourself. And I've been taking care of the inside of myself for so long, but I haven't been making the same efforts on the outside because there's such a huge 
focus and a huge emphasis on the practice of yoga, classical yoga, on really withdrawing from the external world. We're talking about a practice that's really rooted in dualism. And this is like a Vedic worldview where they believe that all of the manifest world that we're living in, every bit of it is suffering and that the only truth is God. And so essentially you are to renounce the world and just focus on your inner practices that bring you closer to the divine. And that's been my focus. And I'm so grateful for the time that I have done that. But at the same time, I think that dualism in, in its essence is missing the fact that we are an incarnation of the divine in this physical form. Everything around, if you look at nature, the divine is everywhere. So how can we renounce one aspect of the divine and try to get to the other aspect while denying another part of it. It's kind of the same idea of like shadow work. You can't deny the denser, lower vibrational, um, self-loathing aspects of self. They exist. They're there for us to learn, to be transmuted, um, to work through. And, and most of the time we want to just see ourselves in the best light. And so, you know, it's, I think a lot of this comes from these practices that really are designed to withdraw from your senses. There's a huge emphasis on withdrawing from your senses, withdrawing from the body, um, digging deeper into the layers. They say that the, the body, the physical body, the anamaya kosha is the most dense layer, but it's like the most superficial layer. Never mind about the body. And yet the body is this beautiful temple that facilitates human experience, which albeit is challenging for most of us frequently, um, but man, is it intense in a myriad of, of ways that are both beautiful and devastating all at once. And so how can I honor my incarnation has been my question for myself over the last few days. Like we're talking about like, just like literally this has been a couple days that I've been pondering these things. You know, how can I honor my incarnation? How can I live in the world, but not be sucked in by it? Can I get my hair done without becoming vain? Can I get a facial and maybe put on some makeup from time to time because it feels good to adorn the body? I wear rings. I love my rings and my bracelets and my anklets and my toe rings and all these little things. So what's the difference? I have a tattoo. I'd like more. What's the difference? Right? It's so, it's so weird. I, I look, you know, I look at it and this is kind of like, I'm, I'm inviting you into the way that my mind works, right? I, I use every single aspect of my life as a learning opportunity because I'm just trying to like get better. I'm just trying to improve. I'm trying to figure out what this whole life is all about. And the message that I keep hearing is like, live where you are. You're in this body, you're in this age, you're in this group, you're in this, this city, you're in this time, this era. And in this era, there's a lot of things that are available that I can enjoy without having them consume me. And I think that's the difference. And, and this is where mindfulness and intention come into absolutely everything. You know, can I eat food without being obsessive about it? 
Can I wear makeup without being obsessive about it? Can I do my hair? Can I wear nice clothes? Can I do all of the things without losing myself to them? And for a long time, the answer was no, and that's why I didn't do them. But this is a wonderful reminder for myself, maybe for you, that we need to sort of come full circle sometimes. We need to revisit a lot of the things that maybe we were like super strict and super harsh about. Now, that doesn't mean if you've been sober for years, you need to start drinking. Not at all. For me, I stopped drinking because I just found that, A, I wasn't able to draw a healthy boundary. B, I didn't like not feeling well. C, I have an autoimmune disease, so my immune system's already downregulated. And for me to drink, which is an anti-nutrient, it sort of puts me at a greater risk. And there was a time, a very, very long period of time, where I always felt bad living inside my body. My, my inflammation was terrible. My joints were achy. My stomach was always, always a mess. Um, my digestion was terrible my depression, my anxiety, all of my mental health symptoms that are very closely linked in my experience to my autoimmune disorder. Um, all of that was at an all-time high. So it just, I couldn't afford to, to be flexible at that time. But things have changed and things have shifted. And I have done a lot of healing and a lot of repair on my body, on my mindset, on my spirit that now spiritually I can afford to do these things. And so I'm treading carefully. I'm treading carefully because, you know, like it's been a while and um, it all feels different this time. It feels different coming full circle with all of this stuff. And I'm kind of curious about you because I know like especially there are a lot of women and um, oh, geez, just a lot of human beings that listen to this. I don't think it's even like a gender specific issue that we care what we look like, right? We, we draw a lot of self-worth from what we look like. And we can play in the realms of the physical body. This is not saying that if you like bougie things, like that's really what it is for me. It's like all the bougie girly girl things that I've been denying for so long. Um, you, can, you can have all those things and still be grounded and still be spiritual. I, I never really had any very good examples of that. So I just didn't see it as a potential. So I'm kind of paving the way for myself. And I'm sure there's lots of amazing people that are great examples of this. But I'm curious, like, where are you at with your body image? Where are you at with your mental health? Where are you at with, um, you know, getting hooked on the things of this world and maybe getting swept away by them? And is it possible for you to withdraw as a means to an end so that you can come full circle with these things in a, in a healthier way? You know, and I think that that's... Um, it's interesting and it's tricky for me. Like I can be really, really hardcore. It's like I'm either 100% or zero. There's not a whole lot of in between for me. <clears throat> and so I think like because I've always been such an extreme person, it's like I either renounce it altogether or I go hard. And now I'm playing with what does moderation look like? What does like Jesse in this moment feel like what what capacity does jesse in this moment have to adorn her body maybe with a little bit of makeup or a fresh haircut or some extra rings without drawing her self-worth from these things how can you consume without being consumed because we're here to experience a full spectrum a full range of experiences on earth 
And there are so many women that I know that really do put a lot of emphasis into what they look like. And I think maybe I've made assumptions about these people, maybe just to make myself feel better, you know, that, oh, everyone that wears makeup is vain. That's not the truth. I think for the most part, everyone that wears makeup maybe either loves doing it because they just love pretty things, or we are still subscribing to some of these toxic beauty standards. And I do think that that is very prevalent in our society. We can't deny that. But I encourage you to kind of look in the mirror. I encourage you to, to, you know, go somewhere without makeup. And I'll tell you how weird it was at the beginning, because especially in Ireland, when literally everyone was made up all the time. Do you know how many times, and I'm sure you've done this too, I have apologized for my appearance? Like, what even is that? I'm sorry for existing. <laughs> I'm sorry that I look so terrible. I just was in a rush and I didn't have a chance to put myself together as if I owe an apology to somebody else for not wearing makeup or doing my hair in a certain way. What is that? It's not weird. Like it's weird when we talk about it in this way, but it's very normal. It's very normal that we would feel mortified if we ran into somebody and we weren't done up the right way. You know, um, it took me a long time. I hope it doesn't take you as long as it took me to learn how to love myself without makeup, without hair. Well, I had hair, but I mean, I just never did my hair. It took me a long time. And one of the practices that I did, and I would encourage you to try this, and it can be really deeply uncomfortable at first, which is why you keep practicing and keep practicing and keep practicing, is eye gazing with yourself in the mirror without makeup. And that might sound like the ultimate vanity. We're talking about like my reasons for renouncing makeup and like all these things just so that I didn't draw too much self-worth from it. This is actually a very healing practice. It's not at all rooted in vanity. This is a practice of you really fully seeing yourself. And I'll be honest, I do this practice a lot. And even now, like, cause sometimes I'll be honest, I don't look in the mirror that often anymore. I don't need to. I used to be very, really obsessed with it. Um, I still probably won't wear makeup most of the time, but maybe once in a while, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but when I do the eye gazing one, because I am not like really in the regular habit of looking in the mirror, I sort of kind of forget what I look like, if that makes sense. Like I kind of know, but then you look at yourself closely and you're like, oh, there's all of those imperfections that I would have covered up with makeup. So this is a really beautiful practice of really kind of allowing yourself to be seen in this beautiful, safe space. And I just sit, I've got a few closets that have full length mirrors. I just sit in front of the closet when it's just me and no makeup, fresh face, hair pulled back so I can see it all. And I'll just sit and stare into my own eyes. Sometimes my eyes wander across my face and I get a glimpse of the little hairs on my upper lip or the little pimples and blackheads on my face or um, the weird hairline that I have or I have a little bit of psoriasis in my eyebrows, which annoys me. And I just love it all. I make space for it all. I allow it to exist as part of my experience. This body is a huge part of my experience. And so this is a beautiful practice for you to try, especially if you're struggling to love yourself, especially if you're struggling with self-worth. It's super confronting at first, I will warn you. 
But the more that you do it, and I'll tell you, I forget I'm even looking at myself. It's a little creepy. If you try it, you have to send me a message and let me know how it goes because first couple times that you do it, it's going to feel weird. But the more and more that you do it, I've started to really fall in love with myself. Not in like a super vain way, but in a like, you're not so horrible. You're not so horrible. Sure, you have some extra hairs on your upper lip. Sure, you get these random little chin hairs that you pluck every once in a while. But you're living, you're breathing. Look at all these trillions of cells doing what they're doing just to keep you going day to day. Like we are literal walking miracles. We spend so much time focused on what we aren't, that we're missing what we are. And we are so much more than we aren't, if that makes sense. So just a quick little episode to talk about what I've been going through most recently. And um, I'm really curious to hear from you. I think beauty and fitness is such a standard that is set by a toxic society. We all subscribe to it at some level or another, and it's hard not to. But I'm really curious, are you brave enough to try this? You don't have to be as extreme and hardcore and stop wearing makeup for years to learn how to love yourself. But like, could you go to the grocery store like that? Could you, I don't know, go to a family gathering like that? You know, could you make a little bit more space for your natural flaws and see over time that your natural flaws are perfectly imperfect and they make you beautiful? So something to think about on this fine day. And again, I'm curious. Connect with me because this is like a hot topic, I think. This is something that so many of us can relate to. So your task, go eye gaze with yourself. Once you get good at that, I encourage you to do it with another person. It's really, really interesting. And it's such a vulnerable practice. Um, I usually at most of my retreats, I will not force people, but it's, it's part of what we do. We do a session of eye gazing because it's such a vulnerable experience that it sort of like cuts through that awkward tension of bringing new people together. You break down those barriers and then we can all just be seen and heard because we are exposed now. And so, you know, bare your soul. Look at yourself in the mirror. Just stare. If you want to take it next level, get naked. Full length mirror. Just sit there and look. You're perfect. All the little rolls, all the little dimples, all the little soft spots, all the little veins, all of it. All the hair all of it. Love it. Love it all. Let it all in. There's nothing to apologize for. There's no possible way for us to be any less perfect than we already are. We don't need to try. We don't need to strive. But if you can love yourself and enjoy some of these things, cool. I couldn't for a long time. So maybe you're a step ahead of me. And if you are, I am humbled by your journey, my friend. So something to think about, something to try. Very curious to hear from you if you do try this eye-gazing business. It is, uh, yeah, it's confronting, but it's a beautiful practice. I hope that all of you have a fabulous day, fabulous week, fabulous month, 
and um, yeah, I'll keep you posted. I think I'll probably get a facial next and who knows, it's been probably like 10 years since I've had a pedicure. Um, I probably wouldn't paint my toenails, but a good scrub is nice, you know? So yeah, I'm going to learn how to be a little bit more attentive to my physical self-care and I look forward to talking to you again soon. As always, connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. I want to know what you want to hear about. Are there topics that you're really enjoying diving into? Um, I know that a lot of people resonate with conscious relationship episode, with the money mindset episode. Um, Some of you have been asking more about nutrition and I haven't posted much. I would like to talk about fasting and cleansing. So that's an episode that's kind of been on the back burner for a little while. Um, But I'm curious, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to know about? I am an open book and um, I just figure if you can learn from my mistakes, maybe you don't have to make them yourself. However, making your own mistakes is one of the most valuable learning tools that there are. So there's no stress in that. My friends have a beautiful, beautiful day and I look forward to seeing you, talking to you again soon. Bye for now.